Rejoice in that day and leap for joy in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. From today's gospel reading, three points, three observations, and then three subpoints. I promise we'll be out of here by noon. The first thing that I notice about this particular version of Jesus' sermon, and Je- this, uh, the, 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 the essence of this message occurs in Luke as well as in Matthew. And over the course of a three-year ministry, Jesus surely gave this basic talk many, many times. And here's Luke's version of it. And the thing that leaps off the page to me is the way it begins with the observation that Jesus came down and stood in a level place and then looked up at his disciples and began to teach. Matthew presents the Sermon on the Mount as though Jesus were a Moses speaking on God's behalf from on high. Luke presents a different scenario. Jesus, who had been up on the mountain praying and gathering his disciples, now comes down to be among God's people, bringing a word not from above, but a word from among. And here we see him having come with all kinds of healing power flowing from him, power to heal all kinds of diseases that attack and unclean spirits that seek to possess them. And in this sermon, he brings words to heal afflictions that come from within our own hearts. So first, Jesus comes down and looks up at God's people to speak to them. And then second, he he comes to bring a matter of choice. He comes down, goes to be among the people, and says here again, blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now. For you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when people exclude you and revile you and defame you because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you've had your consolation. Woe to you who are, woe to you who are full now because you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, 
For that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. Now, we have a funny idea, I think, that there are, there's a real big difference between the Old Testament and the New. That maybe there's a different God in the Old Testament and a different God in the New Testament, a God of justice versus a God of love, a God of law versus a God of grace. But I'm here to tell you, there's one God, one story, and in both Testaments, we're given one choice. And today, our scriptures bring that out so clearly. Jeremiah 17, we are reminded that there's a curse on those who trust in mere mortals. There's shrubs in the desert. But there's a blessedness for those who trust in the Lord. They're like trees planted by water. And in doing so, the prophet Jeremiah, is, he's simply riffing on what we read in Psalm 1. There are two roads in life, two circles that I can travel in, the counsel of the wicked, the counsel of the righteous. Everybody chooses one or the other. On one path, you find the rich, the, the haves, the independent, the self-sufficient, the full, contented, smug, secure, enfranchised, vested, entitled, the laughers, the amused and bemused, the entertained, the mockers, the extolled, the A-listers, the celebrated, the toasted, the admired, the somebody. And you can surround your life with those folks and aspire to be well-liked and known among them. Or on the other, you can find yourself looking through the lens of the poor, that is, the have-nots, the nobodies, the not self-sufficient, those who live on the margins, the hungry, that is, those the hungry, those who live on the margins, who are never quite sure where tomorrow's meal is coming from. The weepers, that is, the ones whose hearts are broken at the misery, the injustice, the folly let loose in the world, the ostracized, the followers of Christ who are labeled fanatics or zealots, those who are written off, the irrelevant. From page one to page whatever, from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible presents a choice. Which road do you and I choose? C.S. Lewis captured very nicely the choice before every one of us between the way of blessing and the way of the woes. Every time you make a choice, says Lewis, you are turning the central part of you, the part of you that chooses into something a little different than it was before, and taking your life as a whole with all your innumerable choices. All your life long, you are slowly turning this central thing into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature, either into a creature that is in harmony with God or with other and with other creatures and with itself, or else into one that is in a state of war and hatred with God and with its fellow creatures and with itself. 
To be the one kind of creature is heaven. That is, it is joy and peace and knowledge and power. To be the other means madness, horror, idiocy, rage, impotence, and eternal loneliness. Each of us at each moment is progressing to the one state or the other. So first, Jesus comes from on high to be among us, looks up, and offers words of healing for our hearts. In doing so, he offers us a choice. And then third, at the heart of that choice, what is at stake in that choice, is a choice for joy or a choice to walk away from joy. The beautiful structure of this passage, the perfectly balanced blessings versus woes puts joy in the center. Joy is the pivot point. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Every funeral leaves its mark. A week ago today, we laid our dear sister Mary Coey to rest, sent her to her homecoming. And her her memorial Eucharist reminded me in a particular and poignant way of Psalm 116, verse 13. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his servants. Mary is among those who chose joy. And, and I want to choose to be in that circle. There was a lot about Mary's life that was like really nice. Grew up in Thomasville, Georgia, got to go to Duke, yay. Studied in the Sorbonne for a while. Even for a while was an analyst for the CIA. Could you believe that? Was a minister's wife. Ministered richly among us. But also knew some profound sadness, was set aside, lost a child, lost a grandchild. But the thing that you always, the thing that's two things st stuck out to me. One was just always her eyes, eyes of joy. And one could excuse uh, Vincent van Gogh for thinking that maybe the stars in the heavens that he loved to watch and paint were the eyes of those who have gone before us looking down on us. Because he must have known some Mary Coeys in his life. And I, I remember one day, soon after I started coming to this church, in the late 2000s, when Mary was one of our vital prayer ministers, her over in the in the um, in the St. Mary's chapter uh, chapel. At the time, she was one of our octogenarians. She became one of our nonagenarians, 
and she was praying with one of our centagenarians. So she in her 80s, praying on one of those in our midst who was in her hundreds. And the lady who was in the hundreds was like leaning on Mary. And Mary was lifting her up in her, in her prayers. I want to be Mary. And I want you to be a Mary. I want you to know the joy that she knew in the midst of good times and bad. Well, actually, it would be in the longer version of this that I would, that I would talk to you about how you can get there. I, I talk about a life of generosity. I talk about a life of being in the Word all the time. But I'd always want to point you to the Jesus that Mary looked to and knew was always looking back at her. I would remind you that this same Jesus who came to be among us and to let us know that healing in our heart depends upon our choosing the joy of blessedness and identification with poor, the weeping, and the hungry. That that is who our Savior is, who came among us, and who did not consider his status as being equal with God, as something to be clutched or held on to, but emptied himself and took the form of human nature and girded himself with the, with the, the, the towel of servanthood, willing to die a criminal's death so that you and I do not have to face the wrath of God, and became highly exalted as the promises that you and I will be highly exalted and be able to leap with joy on the day of the Lord's return. And between now and then can know the joy of his fellowship and his consolations. And so, my brothers and sisters, this day, on the basis of these words that Jesus speaks from among us, would you accept his welcoming arms would you accept his embracing arms? And would you be sent forth with those arms that send you and me into the world to tell the good news of his grace and love and mercy? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.